This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. I guess you'd call this our annual Christmas show, being that it is the closest show that we do to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And of course, you know what that means. Christmas music. Yes, it's true. Year in and year out, we just never seem to tire of that particular joke. But that subject of music that plays overhead while you're shopping during Christmas time and during other times of the year was uh, the subject of a recent article in the Sacramento Bee by Carla Meyer. It so happens that emissaries from this very program wound up uh, entwined into that news story. So later in the program, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that and about uh, uh, Carla's article. And we do expect to hear from some old friends before uh, before this hour is up. Having said that, let us launch into the method by which we like to start every program, which is the feature, This Date in History, or as it is sometimes known, This Day in History. The day or date in question in this case is the 22nd of December, and it was on December 22nd in the year 640 that the Saracens under Amru ibn al-As conquered Alexandria and allegedly destroyed its famous library. Radio Parallax, we've come to believe that is a bit of a slander on the Islamic peoples. For many centuries prior to the arrival of the Saracens, the Christians had been in control of the library in Alexandria and done their best to (laughs) destroy anything they thought was heretical. We've taken pains in the past and should probably, again, like to point out to you, dear listener, that it was under the empires of Islam that the ancient writings of the Greeks were preserved. When they were found in the Christian kingdoms of Europe, they were generally burned. And yes, this notion that the Saracens destroyed the library at Alexandria is just, well, it's just just not fair. Not to say that they treated the library well, apparently they didn't. And you know, you're definitely listening to Radio Parallax when you're hearing stuff like this. And no, unlike some other programs, we will not actually have live tamale eating on radio. This may put us at disadvantage versus some of our competitors, but... We're going to stick with that policy. On this date in the year 1135, Stephen was crowned king of England. He was a courageous soldier and a generous king, but apparently his abilities were inadequate to the requirements of his position, and his reign was a continuous struggle to retain the crown. Not only that, he's the only damn king of England they ever had named Stephen. Therefore, you need not call him Stephen I. Not that it comes up a lot in conversation. On this date in the year 1849, the Russian writer Fyodor Dostoevsky was led before a firing squad. He had been convicted and sentenced to death on November 16th for allegedly taking part in anti-government activities. However, at the last moment, he was reprieved and instead sent into exile. Did this sort of experience sharpen his writing skills for Crime and Punishment or the Brothers Karamazov? Well, I don't know. But I imagine it gave him an interesting perspective on the rest of his life. All right, December 22nd, 1894, in a highly, what's described as a highly irregular trial, smacking of anti-Semitism, French officer Alfred Dreyfus was convicted of treason by a court-martial and sentenced to life in prison for his alleged crime of passing military secrets to the Germans. 
After evidence of a cover-up was made public, Dreyfus was eventually pardoned in 1899. Of course, that accounting leaves out the fact that even though it was clear he'd been framed, he was tried a second time and convicted a second time. On this date in 1938, a a five-foot-long prehistoric fish, long thought to be extinct, was discovered to have recently been alive by Marjorie Courtenay Latimer in Cape Town, South Africa. It came from among a trawler's catch. This was hailed as one of the greatest scientific discoveries of the century. Latimer was somewhat uh, astonished to find that the locals said, oh yeah, we catch those every once in a while. They're pretty good. At least I imagine that's what they said. I know that Latimer did find the fish in a fish market. In the years since then, the silicon has been photographed live down at depths, but so far none has been captured and taken into captivity which is probably just as well. And finally, on a dark day for drivers, on December 22nd in 1973, something I remember, because of an Arab oil embargo, a federal speed limit of 55 miles per hour was imposed all across the United States, supposedly to increase fuel economy and safety. I'm not sure that anyone ever demonstrated that a whole lot of gas was saved by driving slower and having more traffic jams. And the safety stats, I think, were equally dubious. But I do know this. Decades after he resigned office under threat of impeachment, Richard Nixon got his revenge on the American public by having us drive 55 miles an hour for decades. Our quote of the day comes from Arthur Schopenhauer, who once said, Talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can see. A quip of the day comes from Conan O'Brien, who said Newt Gingrich released a statement promising he would not cheat on his wife. Even better, he said he wouldn't cheat on his next wife either, or the one after that. They say that uh, a dog is man's best friend. One of Radio Parallax's best friend is the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Series. So I think we will uh, segue into some canine quotes from their 10th edition, which frankly is so appropriate for the season. Said Larry Reeb, they say that dog is man's best friend. I don't believe that. How many friends have you neutered? Said Craig Shoemaker, my dog is half pit bull, half poodle. Not much of a guard dog, but a vicious gossip. Said Dave Barry, you can say any fool thing to a dog, and that dog will give you a look that says, My God, you're right. I never would have thought of that. Final canine quote from Algis Huxley, who said, To his dog, every man is Napoleon. Hence, the constant popularity of dogs. Our stat of the day is that the average American now reports weighing 196 pounds, up from 180 pounds as recently as 1990. The average female says she weighs 160, up from 142 in the same period. Interestingly, just uh, 39% of people say they're overweight, while 56% report their weight is about right. And in a related story about how weight is distributed on the body, which, of course, has a touching connection to the holiday season. A season during which time religious faith is so important. We have this. 
According to The Week magazine, Salma Hayek was flat-chested until she prayed for bigger breasts. The famously buxom Mexican actress said she was, she was a much-teased skinny tomboy as an adolescent and was really scared that her breasts would never develop. So she sought divine intervention. Hayek said, quote, I went to a church that had a saint that was supposed to do a lot of miracles. I put my hand in the holy water and went, Please, Jesus, give me some boobs. Noted the magazine, there was no overnight miracle, but within a couple of years, her prayers were answered. Yes, it's a touching story, isn't it? But we do hasten to add on this program that when asking Jesus for boobs, your results may vary. But I should add, I guess, that that opinion, like all those heard on this program, do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. As far as we know, none of these entities advocate for seeking divine intervention, be it Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, etc., to enhance breast development. Radio Parallax is considerably less amused by the following story. Apparently, um, police in Indonesia's most conservative province, that would be Banda Aceh, raided a punk rock concert last week and detained 65 fans. They then set about shaving off their mohawks and removing their piercings. It was the largest bust yet of punks. Aceh is the only Indonesian province that operates under Islamic Sharia law. Police Chief Iksandar Hassan said the young men and women would be sent to a re-education facility for 10 days to be schooled in discipline and Quran recitations. Hassan said, we're not torturing anyone, we're not violating human rights, we're just trying to put them back on the right moral path. We do, note, we do note on the positive side that apparently none of them at least got pepper sprayed. And you know, sometimes in this program, we just, uh, we just are not quite sure what we're going to go with. So many things are happening. There's so many topics we could choose to talk about. And of course, when it comes to dealing with the news, sometimes you have to ask, what defines the news? There's a famous old adage that if a dog bites a man, it's not news. But when man bites dog, well, that's news. In a variation on this theme, in Sacramento recently, we had a case of man bites python. We now have some follow-up on that story from the Sacramento Bee. Apparently, David Elmer Sink, the man who took a couple of bites out of a python earlier this year, pled no contest to animal cruelty charges. Sink entered this misdemeanor plea a couple weeks ago in front of Judge Marjorie Kohler, who sentenced him to 60 days in jail. Sink had been arrested September 1st on Marysville Boulevard. Animal control authorities said after his arrest, though the python had to be stitched up, it was expected to completely recover. And yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to get to the good and the bad and the ugly, but we just have so many things to pull out of the miscellaneous file, like this one. Apparently, a crippling shortage of butter in Norway has sent the price soaring at the Christmas baking season. Online retailers are charging desperate cooks more than $400 a pound for butter. Authorities blame the shortage on poor grazing conditions for cows this summer, as well as the current low-carb, high-fat diet fad sweeping the nation. Importing butter apparently isn't easy because the country has huge tariffs on dairy products. So a black market has sprung up. Evidently, one Russian man was arrested last week trying to smuggle hundreds of pounds of butter 
into the country from Sweden. Although the government now says it will temporarily lift the tariff, reporters are doubtful whether enough butter will arrive in time to make everybody Christmas cookies. We're going to try and tell a little bit butter versus margarine story before this uh, before this hour's up. What else we got? Oh, we should probably plug uh, National Public Radio's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Apparently there will be a television version of the show airing tomorrow, Friday, December 23rd. This will apparently be a year-in-review edition taped before a live audience. Host Peter Sagal and Judge Carl Castle will be joined by a panel of both British and American talents, including comedians Paula Poundstone and Alonzo Bodden. We definitely enjoy some of some of NPR's nationally syndicated shows and uh, do occasionally get a kick out of this one, so you may want to check that out. All right, finally, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week this week for scrimping after it was announced that a new austerity measure would freeze the British royal family's government stipend, limiting Queen Elizabeth and the royals to just $50 million per year. Coming over to this side of the Atlantic, it was a bad week last week for trust in government after a Gallup poll found that 62% of Americans rate the honesty and ethical standards of members of Congress as Low or very low, (laughs) their worst rating on record. In fact, Congress now rates below telemarketers. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for joyrides after three people left a bar in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, mounted horses, and rode them into a Starbucks and a Safeway to get some munchies. Said participant Michael Miller, I had a great time right up till the very end. Uh, The night for Mr. Miller and others apparently did end when they were tasered by police and arrested. And from the Only America file, something that dovetails rather uh, sadly with our previous statistic on the program, the U.S. Coast Guard has reduced the passenger capacity of U.S. commercial vessels to reflect the growing weight of the average American. A boat's capacity used to be based on the assumed average of 160 pounds per passenger. But that's been raised to 185 pounds. Florida pleasure boat passenger David Kushner said he approved of the change. Oh, God, yeah, said Kushner. I'm 251 with sandals. All right, we're not going to be able to avoid political follies completely on this program, but I want to take a look back to a Rolling Stone article from the November 24th issue. Something relevant to a KDVS and KZFR where this program airs. Article by Steve Knopper noting that rock radio is taking yet another hit. And as radio chains slash jobs, local DJs are being replaced with syndicated talent. Said the article, continuing radio's shift away from local programming in favor of centralized playlists and nationally syndicated shows, two of America's biggest radio chains laid off dozens of DJs and programmers at stations from Albuquerque to Toledo in recent weeks. Clear Channel Communications, which owns 850 stations nationwide, cut hundreds of jobs in late October. And rival radio company Cumulus cut almost 30, including legendary L.A. rock DJ Jim Ladd, the inspiration behind Tom Petty's 2002 hit The Last DJ, which pilloried the homogenation of playlists in the Clear Channel era. 
said, Lad, it's really bad news. It was people in my profession that first played Tom Petty, first played The Doors. But the people programming stations now are not music people. They're business people. So what will take the place of shows held by local DJs? Expect to hear more uber-syndicated personalities like Ryan Seacrest and Steve Harvey and The Big D and Bubba Show. According to Clear Channel spokeswoman Wendy Goldberg, this is not about DJs. This is about effectiveness, efficiency, and giving our listeners what they want. I don't think so. The article notes that two influential modern rock stations, New York's WRXP and Chicago's Q101, switched formats over the summer, leaving those markets without a single major outlet to break new rock acts. Here's a stat I'm not sure that I fully get. It says a number one rock hit reaches just 13 million listeners compared to 138 million for a number one top 40 hit. Is rock and roll really that dead? According to the piece, even proven hit makers from the Red Hot Chili Peppers to Coldplay just don't get enough spins on the limited number of stations left to rely on rock radio to break a single. Article quotes Jim McGuinn, program director of The Current, the Minneapolis public radio station that helped break Mumford and Sons is saying a lot of the records that get the biggest audience now, it's through the combination of pop radio and TV exposure. Notes the piece, while rock continues to rule the concert business, radio support has always been required to grow a band's audience from the hardcore fans who go to club shows to the more mainstream masses needed to fill arenas and amphitheaters. Piece concludes by noting some of the biggest rock markets in the country have no rock radio. Prompting rock manager Bob McClendon to ask, how are people going to find new acts in a lot of these markets? Good question. You know, it's something I really want to, uh, to to take my hat off to fellow DJs here at this station, KDVS, and, and I guess you'd say our sister station up in Chico, KZFR, although we're not formally affiliated. You'll find the opposite uh, of nationally syndicated programming here on these stations. And I do hope that will be enough for uh, local talent, particularly rock talent, to uh, to make a go of it. Anyway, to that we say... You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. we got plenty more. So stick around.